The Amazing Beauty of Creation is brought to you by CompuKids. CompuKids is an online technology academy for kids. CompuKids offers courses like game development, coding, app development, graphic design, and animation, all especially designed for kids. The CompuKids courses are all available as downloadable multimedia ebooks. CompuKids will help you to prepare your child for the fourth industrial revolution by providing them with valuable technology skills. Support the show by visiting www.compukids.me. That's .me. Assalamu alaikum and welcome to the amazing beauty of creation. I'm Bilal Katrada and I'm Talha Katrada. And after today's episode, you might think twice about going near the beach again. Today we're going to talk about those mean, menacing predators of the ocean, the great white sharks. Now the great white shark, I can define as one thing. It's one giant muscle with teeth that's designed for only one thing, and that is to kill and to eat. Now today we're going to talk about these creatures because besides the fact that they are vicious killers and besides the fact that they are... Uh, that they are absolutely fearful. They also are an amazing, amazing marvel of creation. The way the sharks have been created and the way they have been adapted for their specific purpose in life is really, really amazing. So once we get over that fear that we have of sharks and we start understanding their bodies and how they operate and how they function, then we'll have a new appreciation for them. So let's get right into it. Tala, tell us, the great white shark, give us some interesting facts about them. Okay, so the great white shark is the largest predatory fish in the world. Now, by predatory fish, I mean that it it has big teeth and it actively hunts and kills its prey. Although the biggest fish in the ocean will be the whale shark, but the whale shark isn't a, a predator, it isn't a hunter, it's a filter feeder. So what's a filter feeder do? Now filter feeders, they, although they're huge like whales, they, they have these huge mouths that they open and they swim through the water and then they have either in their gills or in their, in, in, instead of their teeth, they have like these, these broom strands. And these broom strands will sweep through the water and collect small little creatures like, like shrimps and krill and then uh, they'll take out all the water and swallow those creatures. I see. So that's filter feeders. All right. So uh, you're saying the the shark, the whales, well, a lot of the whales are actually filter feeders, right? Most whales are. All right. Now, the average great white shark, uh, the adult great white shark, measures between 4.3 and 4.6 meters and weighs between... Uh, 520 and 770 kgs. Now that's uh, longer than, than a car. That's Longer huge. than a family car. And it's, it's quite heavy for a living creature as well. But as remember in the ocean, because they don't have to support that weight constantly, these creatures can easily uh, grow to those sizes. But the thing is, that's just the average great white shark. It's nowhere close to the biggest on record. One of the biggest great white sharks ever recorded on video was a female named Deep Blue. 
She was nicknamed Deep Blue. She was first filmed in 2014 and she was estimated to measure 6.1 meters long. Wow, that is huge. Now, how big is that? Give us some some context with that. Uh, That is about half the size of a bus. About two cars? Almost two cars. It's a long, long shark. That is one big shark. I wonder how big its mouth is. Now, being such a big predator, great white sharks have no natural predators in the wild, except occasionally killer whales. But that's very rare. Uh, On very rare cases, killer whales actually attack and kill sharks. Most of the time, uh, great white sharks sit right at the top of the food chain. And great white sharks grow to these enormous sizes because they never stop growing. Along with a lot of other sharks and even species of snakes, they never stop growing until they die. Although once they reach maturity, the rate at which they grow uh, drastically slows down, but they keep growing a couple centimeters every year. So the older a shark gets, the, the, bigger, it the bigger it will be. So because of her size, they estimate Deep Blue, the, the largest great white shark caught on camera, to be around 50 years old. But the thing is, the lifespan of a great white shark is estimated to be close to 70 years old. So that means Deep Blue will still grow at least a couple of meters before she dies. And there could be a bigger, older great white shark that just hasn't been discovered yet swimming around the ocean. Like maybe in the Mariana Trench, for example. Potentially. So, there have been numerous reports of of bigger sharks uh, other than Deep Blue. Uh, Some upwards of 7 meters long, but they have never actually been uh, proven or confirmed. Mm. So That is huge. I mean, maybe some of those could be attributed to just rumors that never existed, but it could be that some of those were actual facts and they are seven-meter-long great white sharks roaming around the ocean. It's scary to think that there's seven-meter predators, vicious predators that are lurking in the water somewhere. I mean, at seven meters, I can only imagine how huge its mouth must be. I think maybe a, a, a smallish human being will just be swallowed. You won't even be a morsel for that thing. Now, being a big predator, you need big teeth. And the great white shark has huge teeth. The biggest recorded great white shark tooth measured 7.5 centimeters long. So if you look at your hand, that's roughly around the length of your index finger. That's a huge tooth. Now, sharks, when they grow their teeth, they grow it in, in rows. So they don't just have one set at the bottom and one set at the top like we do. They have one set, and behind that they'll have another, and behind that another, and another. And in total, a great white shark in all of these rows can have up to 300 teeth in its mouth at one time. Why, why does it need so many teeth? So, because sharks, their teeth do not have roots like our teeth do, so they easily fall off and can be replaced. So those, a shark only uses the teeth in its front two rows of its mouth. So that will uh, come to about 50 teeth. Okay, so the, uh, the shark clamping down on a, on a creature, right? 
from from what I understand, I think I've read this somewhere that shark's teeth are pointed backwards towards the inside of its mouth. So I'm trying to picture a shark biting something. So it grips something with its teeth, and that's the front two rows of teeth that are actually gripping that. And there's no no chance of escaping because I mean you've got these 7.5 centimeter uh, uh, huge teeth that are just clamping down. The poor creature will be just stuck there. It won't be able to. Uh, wiggle its way out of there. Now, if if it's a bigger prey that the great white shark I- is biting into, it'll often thrash about and try to get free. And in doing so, although it might not escape all of the time, it could potentially knock out one or two of a great white's teeth. A great white shark, on average, loses about two teeth a week. Hmm. Okay. Now, whenever a great white shark loses one of its teeth, a tooth from one of the previous rows will sort of roll forward and take its place. Wow, that is amazing. So the skin in the shark's mouth kind of acts like a conveyor belt that carries teeth from the lower rows to replace the ones that fall off or get damaged from the higher rows. That is amazing. Now, if you look at this, you see the beauty of Allah Ta'ala's creation here. You see the wisdom of his creation and you see the brilliance of his design here. Because think about it like this, right? A land predator... Take a lion, for example. The lion will grip its prey, not with its mouth, but with its claws. That's the first first thing. It'll, it'll, it'll catch the prey with its claws and then bite it. And it'll hold the creature down with its own weight and, and bite that, that, that creature. So there's, there's not as much pressure on the, on the teeth. If the lion had to hunt entirely using its teeth it would also lose a lot of teeth and within a couple of years it won't have any teeth at all and it'll be a completely useless predator because it's only got gums left and no teeth but if you think about a shark the shark doesn't have arms it doesn't have claws and it doesn't have anything with which to hold its prey the only thing it's got is that mouth so hence the dual rows of teeth to ensure that the prey doesn't escape and also the replaceable teeth. Now, if it's only source of holding, the only way to hold that prey is with the teeth, it's only natural to assume that, that uh, those teeth will come off regularly. And the fact that the teeth don't have roots, meaning that if the shark does lose teeth, it's not a painful thing like us. If we have to lose teeth because our teeth are plugged into our skulls, but the shark's teeth are just almost just placed there. So if the teeth tooth comes off, it would be something like, for us, a hair falling off. It's a painless thing. So the shark will lose that tooth and replace it. But tell me, do, do sharks have an uh, infinite amount of teeth? Sharks never ever run out of teeth. They just keep producing more and more as older uh, and bro- damaged teeth fall off. So the average great white shark can go through more than 30,000 teeth in their lifetime. Oh, wow. Now, this is the average great white shark that lives to about 30 years old. But naturally, the longer a shark lives, the more teeth it will go through. And a shark as old as Deep Blue could have easily gone through 50,000 teeth by now. 50,000 teeth. That's a lot of teeth. Now, tell us something about the biting force. I mean, you've got these big teeth. You've got this mechanism where the teeth can be replaced 
how much of pressure does that to those teeth put because i mean one is having sharp teeth the other is you know having that kind of biting pressure what what can you tell us about that yeah, in in 2008 the scientists using 3d scans and computer models of of great white sharks they estimated the strength of its jaw muscles and est- using that they estimated its bite force and the great white shark's bite force is thought to be somewhere around 1.8 tons per square inch that is mind boggling so that means for every square inch uh, of the shark's jaw there's like someone placing a 4x4 van on top of you okay so i'm trying to picture this right i'm trying to picture what you're saying so imagine these row of teeth lined up and above each tooth there is a 4x4 bucky pushing it down the weight of the 4x4 and with that force the shark is biting its prey have i got this right yeah so it's it's basically like, okay let's let's just take a, a watermelon uh just so we'll take a watermelon we place it on a table you take a sword and you place it on top of that watermelon and then you place on for every square inch of that blade you place a 4x4 bucky that watermelon is history and that that's the force of which a great white shark bites so wow. when it bites it's going through flesh it's crunching through bone there's nothing stopping those jaws from closing down mm, there's some strong muscles there there's one more feature besides its enormous teeth and that that crushing bite force there's another feature that I'd like to talk about that makes great white sharks such formidable predators in their environments you see most fish are cold-blooded animals so they're not like mammals that can regulate their their body temperatures they need external forces like the sun to to heat them up so this is why that um fish are found largely concentrated in warmer tropical areas like like reefs and fish that you do get living further away from those areas especially in the in the deeper colder waters they very s- have very slow down metabolisms and they move very slowly through the water however when you look at the great white shark it not only lives in these cold waters but it's also an extremely fast and active predator that constantly on the hunt for for prey so how does a fish manage to live in these cold temperatures and be a fast active hunter with such a high metabolism well this is uh, this is possible through an ingenious design mechanism uh, in the shark's body you see on either side of a shark's spine they have these huge muscles that run almost the entire length of the shark's body now these muscles power the shark's tail now remember it's a very big shark and moving through water requires a lot of energy or a lot of strength so those muscles are extremely strong and they power the tail of the shark now with any muscle in any creature as it moves as the muscle moves it generates a little bit of heat Okay so you take a run or you do a workout then you feel your and muscles and you feel warmer. Okay. Now with mo- this happens for all fish but with most species of fish this heat is not really conserved and is lost to the surrounding waters. Okay. But sharks have a way of maintaining that heat. So 
they have these veins that don't carry the heat away from the, those muscles, but they rather circulate that heat and carry that heat back towards the muscle to keep that whole central part of their body warm and enables them to maintain a body temperature about 18 degrees above the surrounding water. So what you're saying is these muscles, because they're so big and they're so active, they're generating heat all the time, right? So the veins are basically wrapped around these muscles and the blood passes through those veins. And as the blood is passing through those veins, they get warmed up by the muscles. Is that how it works? Very similar. And another thing that they do is, picture this. There's one stream of veins going towards the muscle and one stream of veins going away from the muscles. Now, the veins coming towards the muscle have cold blood inside them. And the veins coming away from the, the muscle have warm blood. Okay. Now, instead of that heat being transferred away towards, say, the surface of the shark's skin where it will make contact with the water and get cooled off, the heat from that warm uh, vein transfers to the cold vein. And then that cold vein pumps towards the muscle. So that heat is constantly being sent from the warm veins to the cold veins and back towards the muscle. Oh, and wow. that conserves that heat and makes sure that the shark can maintain that higher bodily temperature so it can actively uh, hunt. That is, that is some advanced technology right there. I mean, if you think about how um, we generate electricity from, uh, say, the sun or from geothermal power, it's on a very similar principle. We got the, 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 the heat from these heat sources warming up water and that water turns into steam and that steam is used to generate electricity. Now, in the shark, what you're saying is that the motion energy is being converted into heat, which is then used to warm its blood, which is necessary to keep it alive and active in its environment. This is amazing. I mean, I, 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 haven't, I haven't ever come across anything like that. I mean, we are warm-blooded creatures, right? Our body generates heat. But the shark doesn't actually generate heat. But Allah Ta'ala has equipped it with a way to keep its blood warm and to keep its body warm so it can live in, in uh, cold, frigid waters. That is amazing. You know, when we talk about the beauty of, of creation, when we talk about the amazing designs of these creatures, we can understand Allah Ta'ala's wisdom. You can understand His might. You can understand His brilliance. You can understand His greatness. Because, I mean, it's, it's impossible for human beings to, to even conceive that there's some cold water. There's going to be a creature living in there. That creature is going to need uh, certain adaptations. It's going to need teeth of a certain type. It's going to need muscles of a certain size and type. It's going to be able to... Uh, live in that water and not freeze to death and not or, or not become sluggish because of the cold because if it became sluggish it won't be much of a predator its prey will just outrun it so imagine the slow motion shark trying to go and catch a fish it's just not going to work and the shark will will become extinct within a couple of uh, weeks not even days within weeks it will not even months but weeks so Allah Ta'ala 
knew in his wisdom he's going to make this creature and it's going to live in the ocean and it's going to need these adaptations and so he gave it these adaptations but also the other thing we we can marvel about is the people that actually take the time to go and study these creatures and understand their inner workings understand their physiology and how all of these mechanisms work we can really uh, tip our hats to them they really have uh, you know, informed us and educated us on so many aspects that we otherwise wouldn't have known about. And that's why I feel, and this is my personal belief, that more Muslims should get into studying biology, into studying molecular biology, biotechnology, because it's our responsibility from the Quran. Allah Ta'ala is telling us in the Quran, go and study the creation and marvel at the creation and get a, a better uh, appreciation of your creator through your studies of the, uh, his creation. You cannot see him, but you can see the amazing things that he created. Anyways, we're out of time and uh, the time really flies when, we, when we're having fun, as the old saying goes. I sincerely hope that our listeners enjoyed and uh, were educated by this episode as much as we were. This is the amazing beauty of creation. I'm Bilal Katrada. And I'm Talha Katrada.